A reading from Luke 1, 26-28 In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Interesting how the plot thickens here. <laughs> because I think up until now, we did not know that uh, the Elizabeth story and the Mary story merge. Mm-hmm. Here they, it merges. This, uh, mm-hmm. The Mary we meet here was anything but a conspicuous figure in history. She was young and not yet wed, and she came from a town that was off the beaten track. From the world's perspective, Mary was very unimportant. And except for the fact that she was pledged to be married, she did not appear to have many promising prospects. But God is not judged through the eyes of the world. For the angel Gabriel told Mary that she is highly favored. The God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, had chosen a young virgin to become his instrument in bringing about the salvation of all mankind in a way that defies human reason. To the world, this young woman would, could not possibly have been so favored by God, but the angel said otherwise. What I find so encouraging about the way this story is unfolding is that it's not about the strength and worthiness and impressiveness of the people in the story. You know, Elizabeth was this old woman who was beyond childbearing age. Mary is this young woman before she's accomplished anything in in this world. As you write here, she's, um, nobody would have expected her to be the highly favored one. And so what is God trying to tell us with these unassuming, humble, almost weak human beings in the story? Well, he's pointing us to himself. He's pointing us to the fact that he is at work here. It's his power. It's his plan. It's his goodness. It's his accomplishments in and through humble people, but it's really all about him. And um, I just find that encouraging, even on a practical level today, now, for myself, for you, Eric, for anybody listening to this, you know, our whole society, really, our whole education system is built up around us building our own resume, making ourselves impressive to the world, um, kind of climbing that ladder all the time. But if we're really part of this same story that Elizabeth and Mary were a part of, then we can actually bring our weakness to the equation. We can bring our humility to the equation. And we can say, not because of anything that I'm doing that's awesome, Lord, but because of you, because of your goodness, your accomplishments, your strength, your power, will you carry on this amazing story in and through me? What do you think um, God saw in Mary? Uh, She is highly favored. Mm -hmm. I I think I have the answer, but I'd rather hear it from you. what makes her highly favored? It, it, I mean, we can only guess at that, really, but right. what do you think it is? Yeah, I mean, the first word that comes to my mind when you ask that is humility. I think it just seems 
about Mary that there was a very simple, humble, faithful response. You know, here I am, Lord, I'm your servant. And that's uncomplicatedly humble and available. I don't know what, what word comes to your mind when you think about that question. Uh, the human heart comes to my mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think immediately back to David who had a heart for God and there, and therefore was, unlike Saul, who had a very divided heart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In the early years of David, all the way up to the very supreme moments of his kingship, uh, that heart is uh, only for God. You can hear it in the 20, uh, 51st Psalm. Uh, you only. I mean, the, it, he's so tightly wound into God's purpose uh, that there is no light between him and his his belief. And Mary has some of the same attributes, I think. 